0: Hello, and welcome to The Sister Element. I'm Heather. I'm Becky. And today,
1: we are going to be talking about fitness and weight loss, which is a very hot topic these days, but we were able to get in touch with a fitness and weight loss expert and we had the privilege of being able to talk with her and it was super fun
0: kim is a she's a competitive weightlifter as well as just having this breadth of knowledge on general fitness and health per- specifically for women and women as they reach menopause that we're all told that it's harder to lose weight as you age. And she's going to be here to tell us how. Yeah, she has all kinds of certifications. I wrote them down so I would remember them.
1: She is an ACE certified personal trainer. ACE stands for American Council of Exercise. So she's an ACE Certified Personal Trainer, A-Certified Fitness Nutrition Specialist, PN Level 1 Nutrition Coach, I don't know what PN stands for, Buff Bones Osteoporosis Exercise Instructor, and RKC Certified. RKC Certification is um, Kettlebell Training, based on what her website said. Um, So, all kinds of certifications. So, super knowledgeable.
0: I was very confused about what the Royal Funnel Club had to do with any of this. (laughs)
1: I don't think that's it, unless no? that's, uh, she's <laughs> training alongside adorable puppies, which sounds that's fun, but it, I feel does. like that's kind of dangerous for the puppy. Like, what if you accidentally drop something, and they're, like, roaming around your feet?
0: Unless you're just taking puppies for a run with you. That sounds delightful.
1: <laughs> I would, yeah. wouldn't end up running. I would just play with the
0: puppy. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, that's, <laughs> we did not talk to Kim about puppies.
1: No, but maybe we should have. <laughs> Next time. Kim. <laughs> Come talk to us about puppies next time.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, so Kim <laughs> for here is just an expert in fitness information specifically for women. On her website, she talks about for women over 40, but we asked her some questions since Heather and I are not quite 40 yet. We asked her some questions for those of us that have not reached that age yet, but are quickly approaching. We'll provide her website information in the information box with the episode details along with her Instagram. She does have an Instagram and other socials. We'll provide all that information in the information box for the episode.
0: All right. So without any further Without further ado, here's our interview with Kim Here, we're so excited to have you here. Yes,
2: I'm, I'm happy to be here.
1: So I think it's so interesting because you had reached out, and I don't know if you had listened to like our episode where we talked about menopause.
2: Oh no, I, I, you had an amazing episode with a with the lady who's t- sort of championing women's rights in the workplace. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Or
1: me. Oh, I love her. She's such a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, so you've talked about menopause. Or we we have. have. You're forewarned then. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: kind of. We didn't have like an expert. It was just me and Heather kind of talking about people, you know, at least for in the U.S. In school, you know, when you're reaching the ages of puberty, we have conversations about that. But nobody gives women conversations about menopause I'm like we need to we need to have more conversations about this because I don't need a big surprise which I already feel is happening I'm 36 and I already feel like the surprises are starting
2: okay (laughs) so yeah that's something that I can I can tell you right away because um, we feel the effects of perimenopause usually sometimes in our 40s some women a bit later some a bit earlier but actually, the hormonal decline starts when you're around 25. That's it's, interesting. I didn't know that. That's like your peak hormone production, especially when it comes to estrogen, and it goes downhill from there. It's the same thing like when you have, uh, I don't know, any kind of of illness or, I don't know, something, um, a pimple growing on your face. You know, it is long t- it's a long time coming, and then it's just you from one day to the next, you see that thing or you feel that thing it's been there it's been so discreet it maybe it hasn't even been noticeable and because your awareness comes from one day to the next you think that the you know biological or whatever physiological fact has also come from one day to the next which it hasn't it has been like a long time long time coming
0: right mm. like that you know when did i get so many gray hairs one at a time
2: that's <laughs> how it <happened.
0: laughs> i'm saying i'm gonna blame that on your kid <laughs> hey sure I, i'll blame it on my kid i blame it on my husband i'm like i had zero gray hairs before i met you and he goes you were 20 when you met me that doesn't count
2: <laughs> i don't know i think you got a point there <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> See, but i don't have any gray hairs as of yet at least not that i can tell my hair's pretty light. So I mean, it could and it's just like hidden somewhere. I don't know. But that's why I say I don't have a kid. I have a husband, but I don't have a kid. So maybe it's the kid, perhaps, perhaps. Anyway, so okay, we kind of jumped in the middle. But I just wanted to see like, you know, if you had listened to that episode of Heather and I talking about like, the I don't want to say gatekeeping because there's people that know but you know, it not being widely distributed
0: about yeah. menopause. The conversations um, that aren't being had.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, actually, to, to me, because women at that age are still in the workplace. They're still very much needed, um, integrated, you know, fully active. And some of them feel that this phase in their life is so debilitating, physically and also psychologically and emotionally, that they sort of, feel they can't function anymore and they they need help and they need the whole thing to be recognized or acknowledged and there are some people out there who are fighting some women are really fighting for this being acknowledged in the workplace um you know that you may have and it's it sounds like uh, maybe not much and I think it's some it's ridiculed sometimes but you know women who have hot flashes, imagine during a meeting or something and from that one minute to the next you're like just you know sweating and soaking but of course that's debilitating in, in the workplace. So I think acknowledgement is the first thing. Um, and then yeah, talk about this. There's also another thing that is um, quite unsettling because I talk to many women that age and most of them say that once they reach like their late 40s, 50s, they feel invisible. They feel oh, like it's really know. sad. Yeah, it it is. And when on top of that you're sort of str- struggling with your with your body, with all kinds of symptoms, and maybe with your weight, you know, you you're not gonna go out there and say, "But I want to be visible." You know, you're just sort of gonna draw withdraw and, and think, "Okay, well, that's probably you know my problem, and I somehow have to deal with this."
0: You know, I've noticed in my job, I'm an optician in my day job, so I'm all the time helping people pick out glasses, and I want people to be wearing, this is on their face, I want them to wear something that makes them feel comfortable and confident. And I have noticed, and I never put it together, that it tends to be women in their late 40s and their 50s that tend to want the most quiet conservative like i don't want people to pay attention to me glasses the younger women they're like give me something fun older women they are like life's too short not to be fun but the women in that age range and i never put that together that they're just like don't don't give me anything flashy don't give me anything crazy i don't want that
1: Yeah. i i think that you know I mean, I agree that you should wear whatever makes you comfortable. Heather helped me pick out my glasses, but um, it's just sad. Like, it makes my heart sad that women, as they get older, tend to feel like they're invisible
2: and they don't want to shine. Yeah, I think it's, of course, our culture is still very much like You know, women are supposed to be pretty and I don't know, elegant, uh, maybe tiny. Um, this is something that I'm fighting against, you know, every single day. I said you don't want to be small, you don't want to be tiny, you want to you know, take up the space that you need and that you deserve, and you want to be most of all you want to be strong. Yeah, don't you don't you don't care about how tiny you are or even you know how you look exactly. If you feel strong, then you're just going to so much better, and it was gonna carry over into everything. And you're going to walk into Heather's shop and say, I want, you know, the flashiest screaming red glasses right now because I'm strong. <laughs> I want to be steam. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. So, with that said, let's transition to into our questions. So, since you talked about this, is what you do, you help women feel strong, be strong. Tell us about how your journey, about how you get you
2: got to where you are now yeah i will it started like i think it's exactly 15 years ago just before it was in november so a little bit more than 15 years ago Um, i was 45 i had three kids and a full-time job and that was the first time since i had kids that i had a full-time job a great job i had worked as a freelance journalist before and always following my husband around so that had given me like a bit of a you know second grade citizen feeling because as a freelancer, you always you know have to scramble everything together and find new clients. We were moving a lot from country to country, so I always started from scratch. And then there I was. we were in Berlin. I had a full-time job myself, and my three kids, the oldest was like ten. and I thought, well yeah, this is it i've I've made it. I've always' I'd always admired women who had. Like really great careers and kids. I remember that for me, there had been an eye opener when they, I read something about Madeleine Albright, the the Secretary of State. Um, you know, she was supposed to be like such a tough customer and like really career orientated or whatever. And then at some point, I read that she had kids, and I thought, "Wow, that's amazing! I'd never even imagined that." You know, she had she had kids. That was my my worry that everybody was, you know, thinking you can either have kids or a great career, and I thought, wow, well, I have a career and I have kids, so I've made it. And that lasted for a year, and then from one day to the next, I was like literally struck down. Uh, started by me seeing double. Uh, they sent me to the hospital. All sorts of tests and examinations, and they they knew it must be autoimmune because the eyes going like crossing is because the muscle, you know, the the muscle that controls the eyeball was not being directed by the nerve because my immune system had attacked the nerve was sort of eating away at the nerve. And then it started doing the same with my legs. I had like ascending paralysis after three weeks in the hospital, I I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't wiggle my toes. (gasps) Oh my. And then because I had this variety of symptoms, like the eyes and the legs, the doctors didn't know what it was. They knew it was something autoimmune. They had all kinds of syndromes that they had names for. But then they said, if it were this syndrome, then, yeah, that makes sense with the eyes. But the legs don't make sense with this one. The legs, that's more the other one. It was, for me, it was... Uh, terrifying. I mean, I'm like talking about this lightly now. At the time, you know, you're just so scared because you don't know what's happening. You start right. thinking, "I want a diagnosis. Please tell me something. Give me, give me a disease, please, because I can't stand this uncertainty." So I st- I spent six weeks there. They then finally settled on a syndrome that's called Guillain-Barré, which is like a one-off. It comes and goes. And I was lucky because it stopped at the hips. I was completely paralyzed from the hips down, but it could even you know move higher up and then you can't breathe and you have to be ventilated and all kinds of horrible things. So in a way, I was lucky. I got home just one day before Christmas, and that was the first lesson actually. And you have a kid, Heather, it's like it was Christmas. I hadn't bought a single gift. I hadn't planned, I hadn't planned the menu, I hadn't done the decorations, I hadn't bought the tree, I hadn't Done anything because I'd been in hospital until um, the last day, and it was okay. It was yeah. okay. You know, my my mom had come to look after my kids. Uh, my husband, who was working full time job too, he was in hospital but uh, visiting me every day. He had bought the gifts. Uh, you know, all of a sudden he was doing all these things that sort of had been my tasks naturally. So mm-hmm. this this knowledge that you can be out of the equation from one day to the next. And the world will not end. Mm. is It's liberating, actually, because I speak to many women who have so much on their plate. They're in charge of everything. They're doing everything for everyone, and they have a job and they have a family, and they very seriously think and feel that um, if they don't do things, if they don't look after everything, it's it's not going to work. It's 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 going to be horrible for everyone. When if I don't ashes, do it,
0: no one will.
2: Uh, yeah. And you know, as it happens from one day to the next, you can't do it, someone will do it. So I found that liberating also. Since then, I'm, I am—I never stress out about stuff. That's not important. That's really so done for me. When you can't walk, you know, can't walk to the toilet, can't, can't, can't do anything actually, when you know, when you don't have your legs, then you sort of change your priorities a little bit. Mm-hmm. um after that i got treatment for two years i got like infusions every four weeks they were not quite sure whether i needed them or not but i i just wanted to treat me then after a while they said it's fine you don't need them anymore and I said, really yeah yeah it's okay you're stable and we don't see any fluctuations and you know you're just a normal person now called my husband we both cried Is it? My, I have a second life. I'm like I can live normally again. I don't have to get any more treatment and stuff. And that lasted for a year. We moved again, and then it was, I think it was November again. Maybe November is not my best month. My 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 left hand started going numb because when you have trouble with your nerves, you feel things that you shouldn't feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Mm And I, and I knew something was wrong. So more tests, it took a while, then they figured out it had nothing to do with what I had before. It was still autoimmune, but it was like a first episode of MS because now the immune system was really attacking the, the white substance inside the, the nerves. And I thought, that's nice. I get a new life and then they take it away from me right away. That's, that was like really very dark times. And also very scary because MS has so many faces. you just don't know where you're going. You could be in the wheelchair, you can go blind, you can, you know, anything can happen um, depending on, you know, what kind of cells will be attacked inside your body. But they said, you know, this is the first episode, you are declared a patient when you have had a second. So I spent an entire year thinking it won't happen again, won't happen again, won't happen again, won't happen again. And then it happened. I was doing a weird yoga pose on my bedroom carpet. And I, you know, like the sensations you shouldn't have. I felt a weird tingling in my spine. And I knew right away that wasn't right. And that time we went very fast. I I got an infusion right away. So it was tiny. It was nothing. It was not debilitating. Nothing had happened. But it was like the official verdict. Now you have a mess and you need treatment. And... I fought with the doctor for an hour because I didn't want treatment. This is like treatment for life, right? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, you lose your power because you know if you're fine, you don't know is my body fine now or is it because of the treatment? You know, you can never yeah. really make sure what's going on with you when you know, like part of the control is totally out of your hand. But then he said, "That's what they do. That's what we have to do, and this is how we control the disease." And I said, "Okay," and I, I. I said, "Okay, I'm going to inject myself three times a week, which is very unpleasant because the injection sites get sore, not for everyone, but for me they did. I had flu-like symptoms every day that I injected myself and but I didn't want to I didn't want to be a sick person. It was like getting this treatment was bad enough, but I I didn't want to live like a sick person. I asked the doctor if I could exercise and he said, "Yeah, but please be careful." And I thought, "What What does it even mean? He doesn't even know what he's talking about, right? What does he mean by careful? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it was totally unspecific. He didn't say, okay, you can do cardio, but you cannot do this because your body will do this or that. there was no specificity. It was just like a doctor saying, oh, I don't really know about exercise. So (laughs) I can't really say no, but I'm not going to say go for it. I'm just going to say be careful. Right. I mean,
0: shouldn't you always be careful when you exercise so you don't hurt yourself?
2: <laughs> right. What what a what a weird thing to say. It's like, you know, you're on your own. I'm, you know, probably it's okay, but I don't really know. And then I had an appointment with a nurse who was supposed to explain to me how to inject myself. And then she said exercise is great for M- MS patients because exercise makes your body fatigue resistant, and fatigue is a big problem in MS. I said okay, yeah, that I can. I can work with, and I had been going to the gym before, but like a little bit going through the motions, but this time I returned to the gym, like with a vengeance, I wanted to build myself back up, you know, my, uh, I felt weak and and this powerlessness in the hospital, this this experience that was directly linked also to my, my physical disability um, had left me with a really strong desire to, to become physically strong and, and autonomous again. So I started training. I got myself a nice book. And I think it came out in the early 2000s. And it was one of the first books that said women should lift heavy weights. Forget the tiny little pink dumbbells. Lift heavy and you're going to be great. The book was actually called Lift Like a Man, Look Like a Goddess. I mean, that was such a crazy title. Yeah, I loved it. It it was a
0: strange time, the early 2000s.
2: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the authors, authors, they are geniuses, and they have written many books uh, since, and they say they would never call a book like that again. Right. But they got me, uh, and I started training, and I started lifting heavy, and I got, strong in a very short amount of time, strong and and fit. And my my checkups with a neurologist, I was always like, you know, like really, really fit. But I was still getting the treatment and we moved again. We moved to Spain, that's where we live now. Um, And I signed up for a new gym, made friends. I told nobody that I had a mess, not a soul. I didn't want this label. I didn't want this identity. At the gym, you know, we trained together. We had fun. We signed up for obstacle race courses and stuff. I did things that I had never done before when I was younger. And this is something I think that physical strength gives you. It gives you confidence to do stuff. And I'm not only talking about signing up for an obstacle race or something. I I think that there's this carryover from the way you hold yourself when you stand taller, and you know when you feel when you actually can trust your body and i think we're still instinctive animals and when we trust our body even in social situations we will be more positive more more confident and and open and i got i got better and better until my spanish dog who's a great guy i love him dearly said do you want to stop the treatment and i said wow so yeah i do so I'm not. I'm not going to push you if you want to keep keep it up, because you know many people might also be afraid to stop the treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was so sick and tired of this thing, and I I felt so good, and I didn't. I mean, this is this is not any you know scientific data, but I myself felt that it wasn't the treatment that made me feel good. It was my my physical activity and my strength. And I said, yeah, no hell, yeah, let's let's <laughs> stop this, and we did. And that's now six and a half years ago and i'm without treatment and without any relapses so oh, that was amazing it. and i stopped being a journalist like i think just after that just after I, I stopped my treatment because i it didn't fulfill me anymore it was like we were always writing the same stories and mm-hmm. i i just we wanted to share this message you know get strong work on your muscle um, and so many problems you know will sort of take care of themselves i know it sounds like a big promise but since then what i have experienced myself is now is now more and more proven by science they have all kinds of studies in all parts of health and i think it's just because we are made to move and you know we're made to push and pull and carry and we don't get that opportunity in our daily lives now we have Mm. to actually fight for that
0: right funny you say made to move i um my husband has a book that's titled that made to move Um, Um, i think he sent me
1: the link to get it
0: yeah and it's it's all about like testing, not just your strength saying, Hey, you can, you can be sitting here and lifting and you've got plenty of strength, but do you actually have any flexibility in your joints? Do you have, are you, are you actually fit or are you just muscular? And it's a pretty uh, interesting read.
2: That must be, that must be addressed mostly to men, right? Because they, that they love but, but getting big,
0: bulking, but not, and then I they're mean- always f-
2: focusing on the front of their body, and then they become a little bit immobile. Yeah, mobility is a big one. And-, well, and I've
1: noticed that a lot of men, when I don't know, there's this stigma around like stretching and like yoga classes, yoga. Yeah. Pilates classes, that that's a woman's exercise. Which I'm just- like, why? <laughs> there's like male Pilates and yoga instructors all the time, and they help you get flexible so that you can be like bulky, but still lean over entire shoes. Yes. <laughs> I still
0: think that's a- I'll able that's, to reach things on tall shelves. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And, and this is actually what even strength training is about. Um, mm-hmm. getting bulky, that's, that's bodybuilding and that's really, I mean, there, many people still do this, but this is not what we're talking about when we're talking about women's health.
0: Um, right.
2: And even for men, I think there was like a paradigm shift like 20 years ago when we started not working, training muscles, but training movements. You know, you will build your muscles with movements, but you want to train movements because you want that to be useful in your everyday life. Like I said, pushing, pulling, carrying. When do people throw their bucks uh, in in everyday life? Like when they lift a laundry (laughs) basket or put something into the trunk of a car. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you can do all these kinds of movements uh, by training. And then, you know, your body will be prepared. Same for falls. Falls are actually a big problem when you get older. So if you have like a really good connection between your brain and your muscles and you do some explosive movement too, um, then you're better equipped to react to a fall. Right. That's a good point.
1: I never thought about it from that.
2: Falls are a big, big uh, cause of more mortality, actually. Uh,
0: yeah, and- um, we were talking about that recently at work for you know separate reasons, just because we do work with patients of all ages. But you know, of course, as we get older, we're more likely to need glasses, so we do have a lot of elderly patients. And the yeah, finding like we find out that somebody had a big fall, and we're like, oh.
2: Yeah, I I think, I don't know from which age, maybe not the 60s, but from 70s onwards, most certainly that's for for half the people who take a tumble, it's the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. I think that is like really scary numbers, how many people die within the year after a fall because they lose their independence. And then with that, everything declines, everything. If you can't move around, you can't connect socially, you can't look after yourself you lose even more strength and muscle mass and then you know you become dependent and, and many people actually don't make it through the first year after a big fall hmm.
1: right so you have a, a weight loss program now right or a f- strength training program
2: well it's both you need the one <laughs> you need the one for the other
0: yeah right and so you know what tell us a little bit about about that what um,
2: yeah um so it's um it's basically built on strength training with the important point that you have to start strength training where you're at right so you can find you know great workout programs on 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 youtube everywhere you google you know strength training and you get really nice uh, and good protocols that work but they are mostly not made for midlife women you know they are for people who have been training for a while and they just want a different stimulus or something like this. When you have been sedentary for a few years or maybe, you know, for a few decades, who, who knows, you need to start where you are at. So you need to first to make that reconnection between your brain and your muscles because your brain sort of puts your m- muscles kind of offline mm-hmm. where, when you don't use them. That's why they mm-hmm. say use it or lose it. That's particularly true for your muscle mass. Uh, so you want to, to rekindle that connection, start moving, uh, mobilization, mobility. You mentioned that is really crucial to be able to do certain movements, and then you build from there, and then you can, can start strength training. And you don't have to go to the gym; even you can do that, you know, at home in your pajamas for at least two years, and still you know get stronger and stronger. You don't have to go to a gym. So that's the the one part of the program, and the other one is. Uh, When we talk about food, and I like to call it food and not nutrition, because I think um, that makes it sound so abstract and has nothing to do with what's actually happening in our kitchen. And We all like
0: food. Who likes paying attention (laughs) to nutrition?
2: Absolutely. It takes the joy out of eating. Yes. Yes. And and that's also something um, that's a bit different, because it's not a diet that I... um, recommend for weight loss I actually recommend tweaking what you eat and if you target it all at your muscle you know ask yourself how not how what can I stop eating so I'll lose weight you know you're setting yourself up for failure because your brain is going to say what I have to stop something no way and mm-hmm. sooner or later you're gonna fall off the wagon so uh, I turn this around and then we ask what do I need to eat to feed my muscle and to fuel my workouts and to feel energized and strong okay. and, and satisfied with my meals? So uh, big emphasis on protein, which is a struggle for many women to get what they need. Um, and you have to be really intentional about this to make sure you get enough and then vegetables as much as you want. And then you have like, the, you know, the good nutrients to help you build your body you know build your muscle maintain your muscle fuel your workouts and then whatever's left in terms of hunger or appetite you can basically eat whatever you want you know there's not going to be much room anyway uh, for you know i don't know tons of donuts or something because you're going to be full with your meal yeah and if you eat enough protein you're going to have a much easier time with cravings also with sweet cravings and stuff you want to be really much much more satisfied with your meals and it's sustainable right it's so i mean weight loss in theory is totally easy you can you know just eat try to stick with a thousand calories for two weeks and you know can easily drop 10 pounds but what happens when you stop that, sure that? <laughs> or <Before> you <laughs> yeah. get more and more. You yep.
1: lost 10 pounds, but you're gonna gain back 15.
2: Yes. And that's happening because um when you do not train and you do not emphasize protein, just count calories and get, go into a, a harsh deficit, then your body will cannibalize your muscle. That's the first gotcha. thing it's going to eat to deal with the what the you know, the body and the brain see as starvation. They say, whoa this muscle that we're carrying that's it's taking a lot of energy to maintain and food is apparently scarce we have not enough energy at our disposal so let's get rid of that muscle first and then it's, and i saw that when i was in hospital and my legs were paralyzed my muscle went so quickly because i couldn't move it wasn't stimulated but but the fat that was on my legs it was still there even when my legs were like super skinny mm-hmm. so y- your body is not going to keep the muscle if you don't force it to by training and by eating a lot of protein. And you also, and this is something that gets underestimated, when you go into a super calorie deficit, you will start moving less and you will not even notice it. Hmm, your your brain will downregulate energy expenditure. You know, and you you won't you won't notice. Sometimes, you know, now with the tracking, you can tell when people start going into a harsh deficit. And they work out, and then you can tell from the tracking that their steps, their daily steps, go down because of the harsh deficit. They just they just move less. Uh, You know, the brain makes sure that it saves energy wherever it can. You have to be really deliberate, but you don't want to eat into your muscle mass anyway. You want to make sure that in the end, what yes, some people need to lose a lot of weight for health reasons, but at some point, what you want to do is recomposition. You want to build muscle and, and drop fat. And that's not necessarily a big result on the scale, but it's a big result on how you look and how you feel most of all.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's been something that I've found for myself because I have struggled with my weights pretty much my entire life, that when I focus on losing weight, I tend to feel pretty awful but if i focus on just making healthier choices then i tend to have more energy i tend to have more just i feel better going hey look look at these healthy choices i've been making i have more energy now i have Mm -hmm. more strength i have more stamina but if i'm just like focusing on making sure i lose weight and bring my weight down Sure, I lose weight, but actually, even slower than when I'm focusing on health.
2: Yeah.
0: And it, I just kind of feel awful all the time.
2: Yes. You, you feel yeah. sluggish, sluggish and miserable. And I feel sluggish
0: yeah. and miserable and want nothing more than to eat an entire pizza.
2: <laughs>
1: right. Well, for me, I, I mean, I don't necessarily want to eat an entire pizza. I, well, I'm exactly an anomaly in the American populace that I don't really care for pizza, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I I know that if I focus on my weight and I focus, I get obsessed with that number. And if that number doesn't move in the way that I think it should, which should always be down, right? Like you're trying to lose weight and not, which, you know, yes, my body was only built to hold so much weight like in terms of pounds or whatever you weigh you know kilograms however it is that you and your you know place of residence that you measure <laughs> your weight like in england i guess they measure it by stone i don't even know what that means but whatever <laughs> um in the us it's pounds um so whatever that is that measurement is for you like i personally obsess with that number it and it if it doesn't go down in the way that I think it should, it I really internalize it and it's not healthy physically. it's not healthy mentally. And so it just it does not it doing it from a I need to lose weight mindset does not work
2: at least for me. No, it, it, I don't either. think it does because it's it's like it's destructive and and it's also in the spirit of, you know, you need to shrink. You need to be smaller. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's a fine line because um, I also have a little bit of um, an inner struggle with body positivity because I and I think it's it's hard for people um, to, to to get some nuance into this subject mm-hmm. because it's yes. one it's one thing that people say fat people. Are lazy or you know, obese people are are just greedy and 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 eat all the, it's like character judgment no self
0: control yeah. yeah
2: yeah that's totally unacceptable and mm-hmm. and every human being is is beautiful you know in its own right and it and in, it, in its uniqueness but that doesn't mean and this sometimes I that's there's even a little bit of callousness in this because when you just say oh yeah you're beautiful the way you are it's like you might be very unhealthy, you might be very unhappy, mm-hmm. but I don't care enough to talk to you about this. I'm just going to tell you you're beautiful and then we don't have to worry about this anymore. So how to, you know, help people who are very overweight to start working on that, start dealing with that without character judgment. And that's, this is one of my my big passions, my huge my, my mission to separate anything that has to do with self-control, with appetite, with discipline from personality traits or, or character traits, because it's, it's just not connected. So much of this stuff that's going on when we want to eat, when we want to overeat, when we're hungry, or when we don't want to get up off from the sofa, it's got nothing to do with our character. It's programmed into our primal brain we've been living for thousands of years with scarcity food was was nowhere to be found it was the struggle to feed yourself to feed your family mm-hmm. and evolution made us into these people who love energy dense foods because that in- increases your chance of survival so it's just totally human you you know you want to sit on the sofa and and munch on crisps yeah that's everybody does it you have to (laughs) (laughs) and then there's of course also the the problem with the the way they engineer the food these days that makes it Mm -hmm. irresistible and some people even consider that people who are overeating like that are like uh, like suffering are suffering from an addiction Mm-hmm. because the foods yep. are made so irresistible so you know still wanting to to say you you don't you don't want to be overweight uh, because it's you know it's not good for your quality of life and it's not good for your health but it doesn't mean that I think you're a bad person or a lazy person and that kind of nuance is is so difficult to to have in 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 today's discussions it's all very like, you know you're either a fat shamer or it's or body positivity there's no no real conversation there's yeah.
0: there's an interesting movement I heard about recently called body neutrality mm-hmm. where it's not body body negativity or body positivity. They're just like our bodies are our bodies. it is a it it just is what it is. There's nothing good or bad about it. We just need them to do the things we need them to do
2: yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and I think that's a really great, great perspective, functionality, you know, and that way we can also enjoy life being in that body. If we yeah. have, a, have a body that is that is tired all the time or that is aching all the time, how are we going to enjoy life? So, yeah, we want a right. functional body. Um, and it goes back to what I what I said before. It's about how it feels, you know, not how yeah. it looks. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. absolutely. On your website
1: for your weight loss and strength training program, it's called Fabulous in 15. And on the website, I love that it says that it takes less time than watching an episode of Friends because my husband loves to watch Friends. And he had, I had read that. And then, like, I want to say maybe... An hour-ish later, he talked about, he was like, hey, do you want to work out with me today? I plan on doing these exercises. And I was like, okay, when did you want to do it? Like, I'm fine with that. He was like, oh, I was just going to turn on an episode of TV and just do it while we were watching TV. (laughs) And he's like, we don't have to. And I was like, no, absolutely, let's watch TV. (laughs) Let's do it while we
0: watch an episode of
1: Friends. And he loves Friends. So it just really made that like... I do too. (laughs) He quotes Friends to me all the time. (laughs)
2: oh that's great yeah it's about this idea is it's about reducing resistance Mm -hmm. it's all about reducing resistance and again if we have inner resistance to becoming physically more active or eating healthier foods it's not because we're bad people it's because our brain wants to protect us our brain doesn't like change change is danger we're where we are at Maybe we're not perfectly happy. Maybe we're not quite comfortable, but at least we're alive. That's we know we're how safe our,
0: where we are.
2: Yeah, that's that's how our brain thinks. So resistance is, is a given. And I think this is also something that gets ignored so many times just by saying, just make yourself a priority. Um, oh, you don't want it enough. Um, inner resistance is there and it's there for everybody. So what did I do to deal with that? First of all, I designed a program where you can train for 15 minutes a day and have great results. You just have to do the like sort of basic movements and and, uh, with enough intensity and with progressive overload. So, you know, you have to make it more difficult over time because 15 minutes and you know that you can do in your home, in your pajamas, because anybody who's starts experiencing resistance if they have to pack a gym bag if they have to hop into the car if they have to drive through traffic they have to find a parking spot if they then have to go into the changing room and get changed then they have to walk into the gym where it's full of scary people or they feel very self-conscious or they feel they don't know what to do you know that resistance is going to shoot through the roof it's going you're going to find any kind of reason do not do that because it's just, you know, so unpleasant and so and so difficult. You know, when it's like 15 minutes that you can do it in, the, in the morning in your pajamas, the resistance is close to zero. There might still be some because it's also nice to stay in bed and have a cup of coffee. But still, the resistance will be much lower. Right. And then and another part of the resistance is the thing with, you know, how much time is this going to take?
0: Yeah, we're busy people. And
2: yeah. And that's why I mentioned the episode of Friends because we are always watching something and never, <laughs> never saying, "Oh, I don't have time for this." I, you know, when it's in, in the evening, when my husband and I we want to watch some show, none of us has ever said, "I don't have time for this." You know? Yeah, but we we always find time for the for these things. And I think, like you know, an, an episode of Friends, and it's even less makes it sort of it makes it doable. It's, it 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 gives you the the courage to think, I can do that. That's not that long. And I could even do it while watching the episode, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, th- that really resonated with me. And I, I think I saw on your Instagram, another interview where you were talking about that. I want to say it was, I don't know, it was relatively recently within the last couple of months. I can't remember exactly. Anyway. And you were talking about doing it in 15 minutes. And I have a hard, uh, like hard 30 minute rule. If my exercise, if it, if the three zero is there, I'm not doing it. It's just oh, yeah. nope, a 30 minute workout. I'm like, this yeah, is too much time. <laughs> too much. So if it's, that's why I like resonated with me so much. It was like 15 minutes. Like that seems like the perfect amount of time for me. Like mm-hmm. yeah. any, So I was like, anything less than 30 is great for me. I feel like maybe if it's like 10 minutes or less, like maybe I'm not doing enough, but I feel like 15 minutes is like the perfect number. Like, I mean, how long are you sitting on your couch looking at Instagram or whatever social media, going through TikTok, Reddit, whatever your internet scrolling thing is on your phone, or watching TV, like you said, nobody says, like, I don't have time for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Th- I think there's a lot of time pockets in our day. And I, I actually think it's true for everyone. Yes, there are some, um, some women have a schedule, you know, that is, like, really t- tough. Um, mm-hmm. And at really not a not a free minute in between. But if it's, like, 15 minutes quickly in the morning, I think you can arrange it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the one thing that you can probably... Probably get done. But I most have of noticed. us, we have we have time pockets. We we have lots mm-hmm. of like moments in the day where we where we dawdle. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, and I have noticed actually that most of the people I know who have that every moment of their day is scheduled have already scheduled time for exercise or self-care. Yeah. Those types of people that have that level of discipline and rigidity in their schedule already are making the time.
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it's something... <laughs> can, can stop scrolling for a little while. And... Yeah. And I always notice the less time I have in a day, I can have a lot of appointments and stuff to do. The more I get done. If it's like a, a total free day and I have not, you know, not one appointment, and I think, wow, oh, this is great. I have a, an entire day. I can get so much done. I can be so creative and, and write stuff and do that It's never going to happen when you have like a rhythm and it's, it's here. You have to be here and there and that. And then you find time in between appointments and stuff. And and you get more done when you have like a a schedule. You have no schedule. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: I I feel like there's a a line because sometimes
1: if I have too many appointments, I'm like, well, I have an hour in between this one and this one. uh, There's no way that I can start this. Like I can get this one thing done. And so I'll, you know, not do anything for an hour. But that could just yeah. be me.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I I see exactly what you mean when you think, oh, it's not worth it. And then you, I don't know, somehow do nothing or yeah, or scroll. But
1: in that one hour, I could do my 15 minutes of exercise yeah, absolutely. And, and have 45, 45 minutes 45 of sports. Minutes. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's so much you can do, you know, in an hour. If you if you, right. you run your own business, you could do a little bit of an admin. You could yeah. do a bit of yeah. decluttering your inbox or I, your folders. Or my desk, like you see a nice
1: library that I don't have, but uh, my surroundings there's rhinestones everywhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is also this is famous five minute rule. You can always you know start you know doing something and say I'm going to just do this for five minutes and then see where it takes me. Yeah. And maybe yeah. if you can fill that hour, or maybe you think, no, it's not getting me anywhere.
1: Yeah. I want to ask about what are some myths that maybe you can debunk for us that are associated with weight loss and strength training, specifically about women? Because I know, like, I've heard a lot of things, like, women are concerned about lifting heavy weights or things like that because they don't want to look bulky, like a man might look after they've been lifting heavyweights things like that.
2: I th- yeah. I think that this thing is still around that some women fear they will look too masculine or, or get bulky. And I don't know what to say. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna like, happen. It's ridiculous they were composed
0: differently. But- yes.
2: Um and even men, yeah uh, you know, I I I go to gyms because I like it and you see men struggling for years sometimes looking for that look for that bulk and they train hard That's and they perfect. and they eat a lot and it's just not happening even for them mm-hmm. so yeah there might be outlier women like i don't know 1 in 10,000 She'll train and then she will, you know, look muscular, which I think is a gift. It will be, you know, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But but most women don't have to worry about the, that at all. And then there's one thing, and this is especially for the women I work with. When you're o- over 40, you, you want to look muscular. You want that muscle. That muscle is your life insurance. Mm-hmm. It's your health insurance. So, you know, what the hell? even if you if, even, even if you looked a little bit muscular i i don't even see it happening it's it would be a toned look actually which which women love mm-hmm. uh, you know it would be a, like a firm toned look uh, and you'd be sure that you have all you need you know to to grow older you know, with quality of life and everything mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the women have- who
0: look like bodybuilders got that way intentionally it didn't happen by accident <laughs> right <Yeah>. No <laughs>
2: no it it doesn't it doesn't happen by accident at all what i do understand is when women don't want to go to a gym and they have like these misconceptions about a gym i call it a misconceptions because i think people in gyms are just people um they don't look at you particularly when you walk in um but i understand that if you're very self-conscious and and you don't you don't just do that don't like the gym setting and you feel like you're not in your place and everybody's watching you i understand that it can make you uncomfortable it's a myth insofar as you know people are nice in the gym and when you start training and they start greeting you and um and we're all just on the same journey but you don't have to go to the gym you can really perfectly do that at home and then watch friends while you do it
0: <laughs> uh, when i i used to go to the gym regularly and I found that the people who were there were super supportive. That, you know, going there as someone who is overweight, uh, that there was, I didn't feel judged. I felt encouraged that people were like, hey, good on you. Did you, you know, do you need someone to spot you? Do you need, you know, any help with anything? And there was a lot of encouragement. I never once felt judged. Um, and in fact, <laughs> I I was still continued going to the gym through my entire pregnancy. Um, And (laughs) there, there was somebody who was like, that baby is going to be born the strongest baby on the planet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, this is, you know, you're always happy for a fellow lifter and and people help each other out. And, and, um, but yeah, I, I sort of understand if you, you know, you're shy. You don't want to go there. That um, I I understand.
1: I don't like going to the gym. So I'm one of those people that would rather be at home doing my exercises. Yeah. And I do actually, when I started doing my exercise at home, I actually did it more regularly because then I was like, Oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to leave my house. And so I would make excuses not to leave my house and not and that would mean i wouldn't go to the gym.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what i described before. What i have to pack my bag? What i have to yeah. get my car? I don't want to do that. And oh, then no, most of the time i just already off.
1: had yeah. yeah, i usually already had like a gym bag packed and everything like it was just part of my routine but if i had to like like it's holiday i just would be like,
0: well, i'm just not going. <laughs> yeah. So. The gym's too crowded on a holiday. I'm just not going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true.
2: It's going to be crowded. And yeah. Yeah. And I have so so much other stuff to do.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or, you know, this is my one day where I don't have anything to do. I'm going to, you know, relish in that. So I, I prefer working out at home. But, you know, again, that's me. Whatever. I feel like you just should do whatever works for you.
2: Absolutely. Um, There's one more myth that I would like to mention. And that's, uh, you know, especially for midlife women that, you know, we shouldn't do explosive movements. That's why so many women think that they have to do Pilates and yoga and careful and nothing explosive when actually what we talked about before, one of the biggest health risks are falls and falls are very explosive indeed. So, you know, with safety and at your skill level and strength level, you want to build some power movements into your workout to to make sure that you're yeah you know, ready for anything.
0: Can you give some examples of what explosive movement would mean?
2: Yeah. Jumps, for example, would be explosive. You can also, if you do you know, if you want to avoid the impact, you can also do like power extensions of, of the limb, but just fast, short, rapid movements to stimulate the other fibers in your in your muscle and 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 make sure that you have some reaction fast reaction and and power in in your body
1: okay interesting okay yeah i didn't know that, right that means- <laughs>
2: it's, some, it, it's something it's something that seems so natural because we see people age we see them getting older they seem to be getting stiffer and live with pain and then they move less get even stiffer and they get even more pain and the idea of you know having them jump or do something like rapid movements uh, becomes totally counterintuitive when it's the other way around if if they move if they keep exercising and practicing those movements then they will not become so stiff and then they will not stop moving it's uh, we don't move less because we age we age because we move less
1: i like that so since heather and i are not quite in our 40s not yet. Um, not yet. We're- Heather's just a tad closer than I am.
0: Becky's <laughs> yeah, already planning my fortieth birthday party, apparently. I told her I'm not no. ready
1: for that yet. Uh she's <laughs> not got a couple of years. It's fine. What can someone like our age, like in our late 30s, that may be already entering into perimenopause or, you know, just what can we kind of do to struggle or to combat the struggles of weight loss as, you know, women our age reach our 40s? Because there's this mindset and and maybe it's true because of our body composition and how our bodies are changing as, you know, hormonally, like you said, like the peak is at around 25. And yeah. So there's always this common saying that it's harder to lose weight as you age. So, you know, you better do it now. Otherwise it's going to be harder when you get older kind of mindset. So what would you say to, you know, other women like Heather and myself around our late thirties?
2: First thing you want to start strength training you want to start lifting if you if you if you enjoy going to the gym like heather you're going to go lifting and becky you're just going to do calisthenics but you're going to build muscle you're going to build as much muscle as you can because that's like your capital it will make weight control so much easier um, and it will also uh, offset exactly that thing why is it so much harder to lose weight when we're older because we move less we are less agile um less less active and we lose our muscle mass we lose eight percent per decade from 35 onwards that's a lot of muscle mass we need to offset that and you want to start yesterday so that's the if if there's only one thing you can do right now because your life's still very busy or you have small kids or or whatever it is you want to start working on that muscle you want to start lifting weights or doing strength training at home Uh, as for your diet yeah eat a lot of protein and then you don't have to do complicated obsessive stuff stay away from processed foods that's that's the one thing that will for your metabolic health which then you know plays a big role in your weight control that's that's the one big thing that you want to do. Okay. if you if you already want to go and lose weight because you feel like you're you know you, you carry too much then you want to be very, very intentional with protein and vegetables and the, and avoiding processed foods always. But I'm just actually coming to a, to this idea um, that I I want to share more. If you're like a say a beginner, a total beginner at at weight loss and you haven't moved in a very long time, um, you can start. You can start out by cutting out sugar or processed foods, cutting out processed foods and and, and going for a walk. This is like, like the lowest end where you can start. This is accessible for anyone. Um, and if you sort of clean up your diet with that, you don't have to starve yourself. You don't have to count calories. If you just eat predominantly one ingredient foods, especially when you're still in your 30s, you're going to build like metabolic capital. You want to be, get healthier, healthier, You're going to protect your gut. You're going to protect your brain. Then you start by walking. And then sooner or later, you're going to lift. If you're fit and healthy, you're going to start lifting right away. But if you're like a beginner and everything is new to you and scary, you just cut out the processed foods, go for a walk. And then soon enough, you will feel so much better that then you can start actually training and doing doing stronger stuff and cool things.
1: I know that a lot of people struggle with cutting out processed foods, so I will say that I am one of them
0: right because it's so convenient it's so easy to just grab processed foods and take them wherever you go One, there's a, there's a problem with that yeah yes
2: yeah they're convenient but mostly they're not even foods yeah that's true it's mostly just chemical yeah
0: i mean everything's a chemical but yes,
1: yeah it's really real chemical. Of,
2: no but, but yeah um, there's a lot
1: organically of organically
0: grown
2: yeah
1: I've got I've taken to like taking um like a little I have reusable zip bags um, and I've taken to putting some like pistachios in that and sticking in my purse so like when I get hungry when I'm out and about I'm not going to a restaurant to get some kind of fast food I've just nibble on some I, I prefer pistachios but I'll eat some pistachios and then I'm like okay I'm, I'm okay now and then I can either wait until I get home and have a meal or have a healthier snack when I get home
2: yeah that's that's a yeah. great way almonds are also great uh any kinds of any kinds of nuts will will do that because they're you know a one ingredient food and, mm-hmm. and they're full, full of nutrients and uh, and anything's better than than ultra processed food. The problem with that is also that it, it's, we said that before, it's designed to, to make you crave more of it. So portion control becomes a problem also. It's not only what it does to your gut and to, to your metabolism, portion control becomes a big problem because, you know, it just sort of tickles your brain in a way that you can't control.
0: Yes. They get the texture. For me, I seem to crave textures. Like I want the crispy, crunchy of the (laughs) cracker or the cookie or the whatever it is i want that that crunch
2: i think that's very very common crunch is crunch is very important
0: (laughs) so yeah eat those (laughs) almonds and then you have just like yeah it's like slivered almonds also crunchy yeah yes absolutely so I saw another post
1: on your Instagram feed because apparently I was just been scrolling through your Instagram. Apparently I'm, that was my scroll. I went through your Instagram. Um, <laughs> I did too. This is so, part of my
0: preparation.
1: There was a post that I saw that in the, in the image, it just said, stop listening to your body. Now i read the caption, so it made sense but I want to talk about it here because I feel Mm -hmm. like this is really important for everyone because I've done this. So it's talking about sometimes your body is telling you something to protect itself. So it's like in that example, it was talking about like your muscles might tell you that you're tired before your muscles are actually tired to be like, okay, we're done. So your brain is trying to lie to you to protect itself, I guess. And I've, I've always been one of those persons person, one of those people that always kind of says, Oh, well, listen to your body. For me, it's more of like a digestive thing because I do have digestive issues with quite a lot of foods. And so it's like, I listen to my body about what my body is telling me about that food. So if my body is saying, Hey, I don't like this, I try to either prepare it differently or just don't eat it. But this can also apply to working out or other things so i just want to talk about that when should we and should we not be listening to our bodies
2: yeah that's the fantastic question the thing is um yeah di- like digestive issues you definitely want to listen to your body and it's after you're talking because you know when you have like stomach cramps or something this is like really very clear that your body is talking and saying um i don't really tolerate this food very well and and Yes, definitely. You want to listen to that. Most of the time when you think that you're listening to your body, you're actually listening to your brain because the brain is the is the big hub where all the messages, uh, you know, come in and go out. It's also like a bit of a jumble because you just imagine all the thousands and thousands of processes always going on all the time in our body. Like our brain is constantly monitoring our body temperature it's constantly constantly monitoring our blood glucose levels it's it's just imagine like you know like the air control tower and then like to the power of 100 that's what's going on between your body and your brain all the time mm-hmm. so sometimes messages get get jumbled that's why when we are sad for example we think we need a piece of chocolate when actually we probably just need a hug. So that's a jumbled message. What I'd say jokingly is I don't listen to my body because my body wants to eat chocolate and lounge on the sofa. And it does. It does. <laughs> it does too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the, the to get the main idea is that most of the messages that we consci- consciously sort of uh, receive are messages from the brain the brain is interpreting the stuff that's going on in our body and making it into a message and that sometimes is jumbled like when we have lots of stress mm-hmm. our brain might scream oh my god you know i need a you need a glass of wine now or whatever it is you know to unwind or the the brain might scream i don't want to take one more step i just have to crash on the sofa when what your body really needs is a walk outside yeah so the question is always is this actually is this an actual physical need or is that a message that my brain is sending me because it's trying to deal with the problem that's uh, that's something else that's not what what my brain tells me it is
0: right like and I've heard so many times that if you're having cravings and all that drink a glass of water <laughs> <laughs> like you're probably just dehydrated
2: Drinking a glass of water is great always. It's also because it buys you time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this urge, this impulse. I need something. When you start with a glass of water, you're not doing, you can't go wrong. And you, you buy yourself time to sort of, re, you know, think about this. What What do I really need? What was this message? Why did I think about, I don't know, the bag of potato chips there in the, in, in the cupboard. Why is that really what I need? Is that really what I want? So buying time is always a good thing. And a glass of water is, is, is very helpful with that. That's, that's really great. It's so difficult to, to draw the line. I know this from my training because I wake up in the morning too and think, today I don't want to go. I'm tired. And you know, when do you know, and how do you know, Does my body really need a rest, or am I just having a lazy day? Maybe my sleep wasn't great, or yesterday wasn't whatever it is. So ideally, you become an expert at your own body with the time, and when you have like digestive issues, you're like obliged to do so. You really, you know, need to to find out what's going on, and you can do the same exploration and and experimentation with all the other things that happen. You know, do you maybe always crave a chocolate bar when you have spoken to your mother-in-law on the phone or something like this, you know, as just a a small example, but it's really, you know, what our brain is telling us about what's going on is, is not always exactly what is actually going on.
0: Right. And some things I know can just be habit where, if you just always have a chocolate bar after you've been on the phone with your mother-in-law, even if it hasn't been a stressful conversation this time, you still go because that's what you did the last three times. Yes. That's just what you do.
2: Yeah. Habits are are extremely powerful. And the only way to deal with this situation is is being mindful. Stop. Like like you said, have a glass of water, have have a think, and then find out what's really going on. That's
1: good. Good advice. I mean, because you could apply that to all kinds of things. Yeah, Yeah. just kind of take a step back, even outside of like you know wanting to have a chocolate after your conversation with your mother-in-law. Maybe something else, like just I don't know, have a glass of water to buy yourself sometimes for your brain to clear up. Seems like solid advice.
0: (laughs) Honestly, you would like be like yelling at my kids. Have a glass of water and calm down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> slowing slowing down is 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 like a real power move in in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Heather, did you want to ask anything
1: else before we ask our fun questions?
0: I did. I was going to ask. So, do you have any any advice for say somebody has like a a weak area specifically like for me example my knees my i call them rice crispy knees because they snap crackle and pop i don't know if that's just an american reference
2: <laughs> no <laughs> we, yeah, say, was... we say that about we say that about master old weight <laughs> yeah
0: so so you know the my knees snap crackle and pop and they have even when i was when i was exercising regularly and all of that while they didn't make as much noise they still couldn't handle as much just without hurting as the rest of oh. me could. I could work out everything else but my knees were like, mm, no." What what sort of advice do you have for people who have areas like that that they feel are limitations?
2: Yeah. You work around it. If you think that there's a condition there, I don't know have you had it checked? X-ray. Not really. Yeah. No. That's what you should, that's what you want to do. And you know, the the age group of women i work with they have limitations they have high mileage knees or you know stiff shoulders all kinds of things happen if that's if it's something that that can't be fixed if it's like not an injury or like a degenerative thing that was hard to pronounce (laughs) you want to work around it what you want to do for your knees is you want to find exercises that strengthen your legs like really well because the knees get protected by the Musculature in the legs um, without putting pressure on the knees. So, and that's possible. You can you can find those exercises. You can you can strengthen your leg muscles without putting too much pressure on the knees. You just want to work around it and make sure you don't stop. It really depends on where the you know the weak area is. If you, for example, if you have low back pain, Mm -hmm. you want to look at the strength of your core. And you also want to look at the mobility of your thoracic spine, because that's where most of back pain, pains start. It's like when you go down or up, it's like one joint is supposed to be mobile and the next one is supposed to be um, stable, mobile, stable, mobile, stable. So the ankles should be mobile. The knees should be stable. The hips should be mobile. The lower back should be stable. And the thoracic spine should be mobile. So when you don't have a mobile thoracic spine and you have to do twists and turns, then your body does something that I call borrowing from the neighbor. So the twisting and turning that you can't execute with your upper body will have to sort of be compensated by your lumbar spine, which isn't made for that. And then it was, it's going to start to hurt. So if that you makes have a lot of sense, it yeah. does, if you have like pain in your, in your lower back, you want to maybe strengthen or mobilize other areas. Knees is a little bit more complicated, but you definitely want to work on ankle mobility, you want to check your hips and you want to strengthen your leg. Legs, legs. You have two, right? Yes,
1: (laughs) that does, that does make a A lot of sense because I have, like ever since I was very young, I've had knee problems and I've gone to doctors and things like that. and. When I was very young, they told me that my quads on the front of my leg were significantly stronger than the hamstrings in the back. And so it was causing this imbalance and that was causing my, yeah, and so it was causing weird issues with my knees. I also had a weird issue where I guess like my Achilles tendon wasn't positioned correctly. So I had to do these weird exercises where I had to like basically reposition my Achilles tendon Wow. It was strange. Anyway, um, that was a long time ago. Uh, but then I've uh, more in the more recent years, I've had like issues with my kneecap. And when I was doing physical therapy for that, my physical therapist was also working on my ankle. And I asked her why. And she said, if your knee hurts, and your legs, the muscles in your legs are fine, then you need to look at the other joints around it. Yeah. So Look at your ankles, look at your hips. And if your hips aren't Doing what they need to do, your knee is going to compensate for it. Yeah. And so you're going to have a knee lot problems. Sense. That yeah. makes I, a lot of sense.
2: Ab- absolutely. So the, the most important part is don't stop, mm-hmm. work around it. And then, you know, as every other part of your body gets stronger, that will also sort of help with the part that you feel is weak. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. All right. Are we ready for our fun questions? Absolutely. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay so we like to ask some fun questions the first one is do you have a hobby outside of because you do weightlifting competitions i saw and i saw some videos and i was like my goodness she can lifts a lot yeah like i saw you do a clean and jerk on your instagram and i was like that's inspiring i i am not there i've never been there <laughs> like i've never been able to do that much do you have a hobby outside of weightlifting competitions?
2: I do. <laughs> I like classical singing. I'm taking classes in <gasps> opera singing.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That's amazing. Heather and I uh, oh. would sing.
0: We're classically trained-ish singing yeah, in choir uh, throughout high school. school. We, yeah, we did. Well, we, yeah, did choir. And so, what what vocal uh, part are you? Are you?
2: I'm a, I'm soprano.
0: Mm.
2: You're a soprano. All right. Nice.
0: We're altos.
2: And, yeah. I was like, I am not oh, <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, so we harmonize.
1: But yeah. So there we go.
2: Rare. She must be very tough. No, I'm just a <laughs> run of the mill soprano, a little bit light on the light side. And I thought it was definitely no Hitler in the entire world singing opera. But I, even in my, in my club here, the guy training with us for a while. And he said, he was a professional singer. I said, oh i'm not the only wow. one
0: wow well That's i surprising. imagine that like the the weight training and all that you know just having a strong body really helps your your voice like you can have so much more power when you have a strong core yeah the strong and breath the, control
2: yes the, the, yeah the strong core is important but then there's this you know seesaw effect of tension and relaxation I think that's a bit different in singing, than it is in, in weightlifting. So you have to be it careful, not to be uh, too tight, tense and tight when you sing. Right. You yes. But
1: that's so cool. Yeah, I, that I don't know. Most awesome. people are, you know, kind of let their singing go by the wayside as they get older and so um, like, I don't know.
2: Every, every week also when I have a busy, busy schedule, I think hmm, maybe I should cancel and then I and myself, no, you're not canceling because I always super enjoy the class. It's just when it's on my schedule, I think, oh my god, this hour should I maybe do something else? And then I don't cancel and I, I have fun with my teacher.
0: Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But yeah. Do you have a, a favorite uh, piece that you like to sing?
2: Uh, that's a very good question. Which is my favorite piece? I think off the top of my head I'd say Deviani. I don't know. a it's an area from Susanna of the. Yeah. How do you say the Fig- Figaro's wedding? Do you say Figaro's oh. Figaro's wedding in English? Yes, not yeah. the Figaro. Well, it's Mozart. Any any Mozart. Yeah, I, I love Mozart, and and um, he knew I how to. The Marriage of Figaro is, I think, that's what it's it. called That's in the one. Yeah. So there's an there, there's an aria where it's just before the famous uh, garden scene and and. Uh, It's sung by the maid and it's beautiful. Well, it's all beautiful anyway, but I like that one. That's so
0: cool. That one's a a fun opera. Like, a lot of people think of, you know, opera as being like this serious, very dramatic thing, but that one's like, it has a lot of really fun moments. Uh, I
1: also think that, like, people get confused with the terminology of opera, operetta, and like a musical. And an opera just means that all the words are sung, like, everything is sung, there's no spoken line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and The Marriage of Figaro is just uh, I, I, I think I can watch it and sing along and sing mm-hmm. uh, uh, because I've seen it uh, many many times and when I go with my, one of my kids and then when the final scene comes I always cry because it's this, this this the beauty of forgiveness that is put into music. And it's, it's so touching that I'm going to up now when I'm talking about it. And then I go with my and they go, just before the garden scene starts, I go, mom, please, no, mom, no, no, no. They're so embarrassed. <laughs> mom, mom, stop it. Mom, okay, mom, please pull yourself together. <laughs> and I can just, without fail, I've going to cry at the end. It's
1: mm-hmm. just so moving.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. All right. So our second fun question kind of, you know, I guess kind of ties in to our previous conversation. What is your favorite snack? And it can't be a healthy snack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your guilty pleasure snack. Yeah. What's your guilty
2: pleasure snack? It's not even guilty. I have, um, my husband says I'm like a kid because I love rituals, like my morning coffee and stuff that I repeat over and over again. I I Mm -hmm. love that. And I have one ritual. This is after a weightlifting competition, like during the competition when I have done my six lifts um and i sit down and i pack my bag i eat a snickers bar oh. oh i'm
1: very curious to find out if the snickers bars in spain taste different than the snickers bars in the us
2: probably. it's interesting because you know that um high fructose corn syrup is illegal in europe and i'm not sure if they put it in the snickers bars over there but it's anyway I'm sure. it's super sweet it's just I'm almost sweet certainly
0: with they a- do it here probably
2: <laughs> Yeah, sweet with a with a hint of peanut
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only a hint. I love Snickers bars.
2: In, a,
1: in one of the previous episodes, Heather and I recorded for the first season, we tried American m ms versus Canadian Smarties and a Canadian Kit Kat versus an American Kit Kat. And they okay. taste very different. And I would rather eat uh. Canadian candy. If I were to have a choice, I would pick Canadian every time. Yeah. For um, both
0: where we live, we're like I live um 15 miles from the Canadian border. So my boss will just go over the border and buy snack foods there that you can't get here and bring them back for the office. Um and so that's where we were like, Well, let's taste test these side by side. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was yeah, it was surprising. Yeah. I remember that Americans used to say that McDonald's doesn't taste the same in Europe, and I thought, ah, they would just, you know. But now I think they're probably right. Probably just because the amount of used.
1: yeah, amount of ingredients like the things that are used in food in the U.S. that are illegal in Europe is surprising.
0: Yeah. Like terrible. high fructose
1: cor- corn syrup. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I try to avoid at all costs because that is one thing that does not agree with my body.
2: See, so if it has yeah, it,
1: I don't like. I don't eat it.
2: Okay, good. So anyway. well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to pay more attention i, I do not <laughs> I don't pay enough attention,
1: i mean I don't like there's sometimes it's just super hard, but like like soda i I don't drink it
2: because I, there's no redeeming quality <laughs> yeah no, no, absolutely not and yeah. and i it's it's weird sometimes maybe i'm 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 naive, but I can't believe that so many millions of liters of soda are still sold who who's drinking all that stuff?
0: everybody Um, that goes to mcdonald's
2: yeah Uh, oh yeah okay
0: yeah i i only drink soda when i go to fast food restaurants unfortunately i don't go to fast food restaurants very often yeah yeah
1: well and and just cost wise at this point it costs the same as going to a sit-down restaurant or even just buying this stuff from the grocery store. So to me, there's like going to a fast food restaurant other than the convenience of it. There's no redeeming anything because it doesn't taste as good because the quality is not as good. The cost is about the same as you could get if you were to go to a better place. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't taste as good. I just rather eat at home anyway. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I like when other people cook instead of me.
1: Well, I don't <laughs> I mean, we talk about this in, in the episodes of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not the cook in my house; my husband is. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, are we ready for our final question?
2: Yeah, that's so, that's the hard one, right?
1: <clears throat> I, I guess it depends. It could be. So, if you don't know, we ask a surprise "Would you rather" question because our niece Lorelai will randomly ask us a would you rather question and it's very like out of the blue we'll be having a conversation it'll be like auntie heather question would you rather and then just fill in with some kind of ridiculousness that she was thinking about in the moment
0: yeah that we're just like um i don't know
1: So, <laughs> would you rather travel the world for free for a year or have 50,000, well, I guess in your case, euros, it said dollars, uh, to spend however you please?
2: Travel the world for free for a year.
1: I, I would pick the same.
2: That's so much more fun in that, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like you could, like $50,000, depending on what you choose to do, or 50,000 euros, doesn't isn't going to go that far, depending on how you choose to spend it. And if you spend it on traveling, you're not going to make it a year.
2: No way. No, no. I mean, depending on what kind of budget you want for traveling the world for a year, that's, that must be so amazing. And then for free, so you can pick places and, and, and see things. And that's amazing because there's some places I'm going to admit now that I'm 60, where I'm thinking I'm probably not going to go see them. It's not making me sad or anything. It's just a matter of, of, you know, time and priorities. And I think, am I going to go to China? Uh, probably not. But right. if I were to get to travel the world for free for a year, I would definitely go to China. Yes. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, me. I'd wanna go to Spain. Or oh, other yes, you should. Europe. <laughs> I I really do. I wanna go yeah. to Italy, Spain, France. We'll just travel all over Europe, you could just drop me off somewhere <laughs> and I'll just go my way. Yeah. It's
2: a, lo- it's a lovely place. And you can do more, almost anything on foot when you're in the big cities. You don't need a car.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. think I would drive. It seems terrifying. Yeah,
0: I've looked, I've I've seen video of the traffic in some of these cities, and the traffic here stresses me out. And we've talked about this in the podcast before too. <laughs> yes, I I get stressed out in traffic, and I don't want to deal with traffic in a foreign city and be driving at the same time.
1: Well, there's that, and then the laws are going to be different. And so, even if they were you you drive on the same side of the road as you know you are country, wherever you're from, like if they drive on the same side of the road as you, the laws are going to be slightly different. So it's just, it's unnerving to me. It's, and the fact that like, I can't look at a map and figure out where I'm going, where if I'm walking, I can just, you know, kind of move off yeah. to the side and look at my map and be like, yeah, okay, I just need to go, you know, upper blocks. blocks. Yeah. yeah. So.
2: Yeah. It's, that's the thing with European cities is that they don't have this block system they have like chaotic growth but that makes it more fun because you can like it's like a little bit adventurous to discover and everything so yeah,
1: yeah. i think it would be easier that way since i can i don't have to worry about other things in a moving vehicle
2: i know i i find driving just stressful and i try to go everywhere i can in in public transport i think it's more <laughs> more responsible to like, I think
1: Europe some, has, in general, has a better public transportation system oh, than yeah. the U.S. does. I can't, yeah, for, unless like, I'm going into, like, New the York. main part of the city where I live. Because um, Heather and I don't live in the same area. Um, we both live in Washington State, but I live a couple hours south of her. Um, but And I live in a more rural area. But if unless I go into, like, the main city, we don't have a public transportation system.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I live. I, I live in a capital city and I have like monthly subscriptions, so I can take any any bus and and there's subsidizing it big time, which I find really good policy. So um, my husband, who was over sixty five, he uses the public transport system for free. He doesn't. Oh, pay. that's nice. And they, they have these incentives, which is great. So yeah, yeah but you'd love you'll love Europe. It's it's good. It's a bit quaint, probably for you, but it's it's fun. I, but I like that though. I went yeah, to yes. Finland,
1: and oh. I went to Hampera, I think it's how it's pronounced. Um, temper Tem- I can't remember how it's pronounced. Oh. My oh. my Finnish is not so great anymore. Yeah, I, not that I ever truly learned, but it like, like it was never great. I've years. learned enough to be like, hey, I, where's the bathroom? If I needed to get to the bathroom, you know, or to say thank you or things like that, I still remember. But um. It was I was it was so nice. I was able to walk everywhere and it was a little weird to me that there was a Burger King everywhere and they served you beer with Bert, your like combo instead of like a soda. <laughs> That was, that was a cultural difference for sure. But I was like, eh, whatever, but they, I mean, that was normal for them. So I'm like, all right. I didn't have to worry about driving a car. They do drive on the same right side of the road as the U.S. So it was fine. My husband drove when he needed to, but I walked everywhere. And and when he and I were together, he was going for work purposes, but when he and I were together, we just walked everywhere. It was easier.
2: Yeah, a few years back, we went to Finland uh, to we went to a place called Kittile, which is uh, above the polar circle. And it was for (gasps) Christmas. So the sun never came above the horizon. I want to go there. Oh, yeah. It's just incredible. And, you know, it like the snowy landscape. We arrived at the airport, which is tiny. And then because it's so cold, our rental car was like, um, you know, the engine was running. But they we were inside. They gave us the keys, and we walked out, and it was out there on the parking lot, and it was running because if you turn it off, you never turn it on again.
0: Oh, <laughs> because, of,
2: because of the cold, and and still they had super clean air, and it was it was just you know like a winter wonderland. It's absolutely amazing. Oh. Want to go there again?
1: I want to go fantastic. there. I but... I think it's the same place because I don't remember the name, but it's like there's this village that's like Christmas all the time. Oh, that's all...
2: Rovaniemi. That's where yeah. I did my first European Championship in in Masters weightlifting. I went there in 2019. Yeah, so it's like Christmas all the
1: time, and then there's like these nearby hotels that you can get a room, and they're pretty secluded, and there's all different kinds, but they usually have a north-facing wall of windows or um, some of them look they're like snow globey and so it's like panoramic up above you where you can watch the northern lights
0: I and sleep I- a giant snow globe and watch the northern lights yes <laughs> that would be so and, it, and
1: it's, seclu- it's more secluded to i guess to give maybe a little more privacy from the other people that aren't you know also staying at the same resort so they have different kinds of resorts and things like that that have the different styles of sure. rooms yeah
2: so becky is that included in the one year travel the world for free
1: yeah i, I mean the whole world like yeah I'm, I'm
2: anywhere yes. yeah let's go yeah just I'm from down. there and then
0: head down to brazil you know just whatever you want that's just... a long flight to just head down to brazil like <laughs> we could there's a lot of world there's a lot of spots between. in between <laughs> yeah
1: but it was, I really want to go. But there's, um, in that one area that I was talking about with It's Christmas All the Time, you can go on like the little dog sled, the, um, yeah. I don't remember what it's called. But yeah, the dog sled, and they will skate you over. They'll s- pull the sled over the, the Arctic Circle. Yeah, it's so amazing. You can, so you can pass that, and there's like a, I think you get like a certificate or something to say okay. that you did. And because, you know, how many people have actually passed the Arctic Circle? You just have to pack very warm. Oh, yeah. Reindeer? I, I did eat reindeer.
2: <sighs> yeah. I do. It was very My, tasty. It was. My daughter
0: it. was horrified to just, to learn that you had eaten reindeer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I had horrifying. lingonberries berries
0: on the side,
1: so it looked like Rudolph nose.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, poor Rudolph. <laughs>
1: So I think we've all determined that we're going to travel the world for free and we're going to go mm-hmm. to this Christmas village in Finland. Just, yes. Start there and then just work our way down. <laughs> all right. Sounds perfect. <laughs>
0: right, well, so. thank all you
1: right. so much for coming on the show and talking with us about health and fitness, just all the expert things in your brain about it, because that's helpful for me, for starters. And, and I hope too. it really helps a lot of women our age and even younger like it can help younger women and definitely help older women so yeah I yes. think yeah and it was just a joy to talk
2: to you. Yeah I had I had a lot of fun thank you it's great it must be so great to have a sister. I only have a brother I always dreamed of having a sister. Well you can be I in
1: the in the sister element sisterhood.
2: Yeah go. that's great. <laughs> that's very kind. <laughs> All right well okay.
1: thank you so much again and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank or you Or I guess for it's night time me. for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. I think it's I want to head off to bed.
0: Oh, um, all right. It's, well, sleep well.
2: Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to dream of reindeers and snow and traveling the world. Thank you so much. I had tons of fun. And, uh, you know, if, if there's ever anything you need that I might be able to do for you, just don't hesitate. You can ask absolutely.
0: me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Enjoy your holiday.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. All right. So that was our interview with Kim. I found it very enlightening. So many things that I've never even thought about before. Yeah.
1: Like I never really really, it never linked in my brain that exercise helps Resistance, like right. it, it makes sense. Like it, the more you move, the more your
0: body wants to move. Yes, because our yeah. bodies are meant to move. And and I'd never thought about you know if your knee is hurting, it might be an issue with your hip or your ankle. That never occurred to me. I mean, I kind of knew that because I had a physical therapist that told
1: me that. But right. I mean, again, we all are, are on different journeys and can all take different things. Another thing that I have never even thought of before and learned in this interview was, you know, doing explosive workouts to help with mobility as you
0: age. Like, that never occurred to me. Right. That it'll help guard you against some of these issues later.
1: But the way that she explained it made perfect sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I- oh. I don't know why, I don't know, just because we think about like, oh, well, we need to protect ourselves from falling. Well, what's the best way to protect yourself from falling? Practice falling.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, that does help, but. (laughs) but Same, throw yourself on the ground, but, you know, like. Unless you're a body person, you're not going to be doing the throwing yourself on the ground thing. But But yeah, building your body up.
1: They're still going to train for that type of movement. You're not just going to do it and then. Mm-hmm. but it was i learned a lot
0: yeah me too i really did plus and, she was
1: just fun to talk to
0: yes she definitely was i uh, i had i just feel better having talked to her yes i feel i feel a little bit worse about having had a box of just crackers pot processed foods, sitting on the floor next to me the entire conversation i um, think there's a twix
1: bar over on my my desk <laughs> behind me so you're in good company no i will say that twigs bar has been sitting there for a couple of months because i think
0: it's from halloween candy oh my goodness no clearly i'm not eating it clearly it's not a problem for you Um, (laughs) whereas i specifically brought the box of crackers into the room with me for recording because i knew we were going to be recording over our lunch my lunchtime, and i was going to get snackish
2: but they're
1: good crackers they're tasty
0: moderation
1: (laughs) moderation
0: Yes, and I'm going (laughs) to go eat real food when we're done.
1: Yeah, we can give you all the information for Kim's socials and her website so that you can go reach out to Kim. We'll put that in the description for the episode. We'll also link it on our own socials. So if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a follow, give us a
0: like, rate our podcast. Those reviews help. and talk to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions that you have. Anything that you think we should talk about in our podcast. And even just uh, give us a comment and be like, hey, I love your new glasses, Becky. Anything oh, yeah. Like that. <laughs> but I think we talked. Did we talk about my new
1: glasses in this in the previous season? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. We did post about it on social. We post about it on Instagram. And people did like them. But they did like the sunglasses better, like the frames. The were but we, awesome. you know, we didn't tell them like, "Hey, this is what I was doing." They liked both of them. I think that was the consensus. But they liked the ones that I was choosing for the sunglasses. I chose those ones for the sunglasses because they're slightly—they gave me a little more glamour feel. And I don't know. There's just something very glamorous about an extreme cat eye sunglass.
0: Yes, absolutely. I anyway. <laughs>
1: so i feel glamorous when i wear them anyway feel free to reach out to us even if it's just a you know like hey how's it going like just want to say hi we're all for it so just remember that this season we're going to start releasing our episodes every other wednesday so just keep that in mind and we will see you in two weeks yes
0: have a fantastic two weeks yeah until next time bye guys